keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everyone, to Wrestle Roasts. I'm your host, Robert Karpolis, and I am joined, as always, by Scott Chaplin. Scott, how are you? What's up, brother? How are you feeling? Um, uh, I'm, you know, doing great. I uh, just wrapped up recording a uh, rumor and innuendo uh, episode with Nick Hausman, uh, where we were talking about the, the Warner Discovery stuff. And uh, we will get to that on this show in a little bit more free form uh, conversation than what I can have on there with with him uh, in the buttoned up realm. Uh, but we also got Dynamiter Dud. We're going to talk CM Punk, uh, a lot of different CM Punk stuff. But first, man, how's your week going? It's going, man. Actually, if I can for a second, um, a, a a great comic. I don't know if you saw this, but he passed away this week. Kenny DeForest is his name. Yeah. Um. He might not be known by, by by you know every household, but holy shit, was he beautifully funny? And uh, I would suggest if you're a fan of comedy, listen to his uh, Seth Meyers from. Gosh, it's got to be 2017. I guess it's one of my favorite late night sets. Period. Um, he's got a special that came out three months ago on YouTube that is fantastic. And, uh, I mean, I can't speak highly of the guy, obviously. Um, just what a person. And so, yeah, if you could just any way to support him and his voice and, and what he did, because uh, just what a beautiful, beautiful soul. So, yeah, that, that was kind of my week was thinking about him. Um, and then, in a way enjoying uh this wrestling news i guess because it it is um it it's that tmz element to it you know where it feels like everything's falling apart and so you go oh season finale season finales are fun to watch <laughs> i didn't know we season were finales season are fun finale. series finales it's, suck it, it's yeah it's you know it, we're getting and I, do i believe it me personally, I don't want to buy into like the the rumor and innuendo uh, of you. of what's going on, which is that um that that WB should we talk about this now? It kind of feels right. Yeah, right? let me so let me let me set the let me set the table and and you know if you if you want to hear the, the me and Nick every day on on it we it's on streaming on my Twitter and on YouTube you can get it in all the podcast places and it's that's a lot more businessy and I can't say fuck as much on there so it's nice to be able to say here because the only way to sum this up is AEW is fucked um yeah basically <laughs> w wwe is like is talking to, to to warner discovery supposedly according to Meltzer, like hunter and nick khan and mark shapiro of tko met with warner executives on monday about possibly moving raw to tbs or tnt AEW's TV rights deal was on its last year, and 
no matter what, the deal as it exists isn't going to exist going forward. So when Tony, the the you know little engine that could, the boy genius, made his first deal with Warner Discovery, they were just happy to get wrestling back, and the executives who wanted it were all all in and all excited, and they gave him a really strong revenue share. And basically, the gist of that is when you see those commercials on Dynamite or, or Collision, a lot of those commercials are owned by uh, that time is owned by AEW, and AEW is selling it, making money. And Turner is not. And when a new regime came in, they like, why the fuck did we give up all of this ad time to this wrestling show? When if we put on the Big Bang Theory, we keep 100% of the, the ad revenue. And those those reruns do huge numbers. And they got to be able to pay for this NBA rights that they're trying to get going forward. They want to keep this mid-year tournament that, that the NBA has. So they may be looking to push away from AEW. Bring in WWE that has three times the audience, whether it's three times as entertaining, you know, you and I will disagree on that, but at least their their numbers are such that it is a huge global property. And if that happened, AEW would either, it looks like, go to the Discovery Channel, which is a super what the fuck random thing to do, uh, or they're just going to stream on Max, or they're going to tell Tony go shop this thing elsewhere and find someone else that wants to take dynamite and collision and rampage. But HBO max may continue, may wind up ultimately getting the streaming rights. So a lot of shit there. I'll let you kind of pontificate. No, damn. That's wild. Cause I mean, it was only what, at least six months ago where kind of our idea, even a year ago was, oh, Dynamite would be on television and then we would also get these services on Max and how amazing would that be? And now we're getting a situation where they might be under the same umbrella as WWE and therefore they got to sit out in the rain. <laughs> well, shit. it's kind of fucked up. It's like, it's, it's you know, like AEW and Warner dating and now Warner's just openly on like Tinder looking up other people. Yeah. In yeah. front of him. And Tony's did this to himself in a lot of ways because, yeah, I know I'm the WWE shill. I get it. Put whatever you want on the fucking Facebook group. Uh, but Dynamite over the last year has driven away Mike completely and Dan to a degree who I never thought was going to go anywhere. It's just not as compelling of a complete show as what they were putting on in the past. They were a train wreck sometimes, but even when it was a train wreck, it was compelling. Now it's just you can skip dynamite and nobody's going to like you're not going to miss anything. I yeah, wake up and, in the and we'll get to dynamite. But there's that like the extra uh, terrible thing of when something is sour now we have different glasses on and we're looking at it um, in a way where like we, you know, we're trying to remove the sickness. And so the things that are bad got to go. It's no longer funny. It's not cute. It's like the bad things aren't endearing. It's embarrassing. Um, and I think pro wrestling involves a lot of bad things. And it kind of like <laughs> we'll get to like a Roderick Strong. But, you know, I love Roderick Strong. But now we're in hot water and Roderick Strong uh it, it, it doesn't come off cute. It comes off unprofessional when I know it's cute. But again, we have to look at it more critically. And it's like, uh-oh, 
Um, the parents are home. We got to clean up yeah. the fucking bedroom, dudes. Exactly. Like they they acted, and I think part of why I was always the guy who hated AEW, and I don't hate AEW. I wanted to do well. Is I'd get mad at Tony because I'm like, dude, you have like 65, 70 years of wrestling history to look at. You've seen all the ways all these companies have completely screwed themselves over. And rather than learn from it, listen to it, pay attention, you're like, I'm going to make the same exact mistakes as everyone else, but I'm going to do it fine. And it worked well for a couple of years, but you run out of, there's only so many guys you can bring in that are surprise guys. There's only so many dream matches you can book as first ever dream matches. You got to build talent. You got to tell stories because you have to hook in everyone. You like Scott's in the bag. You're going to watch dynamite no matter what. I'm probably in the bag because I just watch wrestling and we do this show. Like I want to see what's going on, but your average fan, your, your average kid, they're not like, Oh my God, I got to get home to watch AEW at a time where WWE is just fucking printing money with everything they do. Nah, no doubt. And, and CM Punk obviously has a, a, a big, uh, piece of this i mean warner brother brothers was so thrilled with cm punk remember that was a big thing with uh with collision and everything was warner brothers was like punk 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 all the way punk you know warner yeah. brothers would pick punk over if they had to make a decision over punk or the bucks they would have picked punk right well because they're smart sure sure but it's like but the thing is like david zasloff personally mentioned cm punk exactly and, remember yes yeah. and, that, that and like he doesn't know bucks like, line um in AEW, he cut that promo where he said counterfeit bucks, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and he's, he's one he bill Phil. David Zazoff. I'm like, who the fuck is that? And, and he was talking business, you know? Because, like, Zaslov's kind of like the Saudi royal family when they were like, we want WWE. Can you get us Andre the Giant? Zaslov isn't fucking watching wrestling. He yeah. just knows, oh, CM Punk, that's a, that's a major name. Let's get him on there. He's not plugged in and going – man, did you see the Joshi wrestler that they just signed to AEW? She's going to really move the needle. Like, he doesn't fucking know. He just yeah. knows you name a you name a property. I know one person there. You may be like, oh, get me the NBA. I really want to watch Michael Jordan play. Like, he doesn't, they don't really know. So Punk has value. And if Punk left AEW to go to WWE, Warner Discovery is like, oh shit, that's the guy we need to go get. Let's go pay the money and go try to get him. Sure. I, I heard that's why he's on the L.A. show. Yeah, and he's also doing the uh, MSG house show. He's going to wrestle Dominic Mysterio. Nice, nice. So, yeah, the, the, the Warner Discovery thing is kind of – it's it's fun in a way, but I don't want WWE programming on Warner Discovery. I hope AEW finds a way to stay on there. Well, the I wrestling just think business more – what it feels like is this is the power uh, that WWE has right now, kind of really fucking with a relationship that seems like it's just going to maintain, right? Because I feel like WWE is bigger than Warner Brothers. Uh, no. I thought Warner Brothers wasn't doing that great. So don't they have, like, Discovery... Disney up their ass and shit, WWE? Like, don't they well, have, like, real options? So Warner Discovery is just as big as Disney and in terms of market share and what they can give them or NBC universal, like WWE leaving Fox. All right, fine. They're leaving Fox. They're going to be on CW for NXT. Uh, SmackDown is going to be on USA. The streaming rights are somewhat on Hulu. 
which is owned by Disney, primarily on Peacock, which is NBC Universal. And if they were on Warner Discovery, they now are connected to just about every major media conglomerate that there is outside of Amazon or Netflix. So they're doing great. They're they're absolutely well positioned. And they're talking to Warner not to fuck with AEW. They're talking to Warner. They're talking to everybody. They're like adults. They want to make as much money as possible. And Warner may be willing to give them space and time to, to air. And yeah, they may pay a lot for it, even though they're losing money, but they'll probably get a bigger return for a couple of reasons. One, they'll probably try to hold back some of the ad revenue for themselves. They're giving up to, to AEW. Because the ratings are higher, they can charge more per spot. And there's also these rumors out there, rumor and innuendo. I I'm, I swear to I'm not trying to plug another fucking show. It just it happens um, that Warner owns a piece of AEW. That Bischoff keeps saying that they own like up up to thirty percent of AEW. So even if they don't air Dynamite or Collision or whatever it is, they're going to make money wherever it winds up with licensing fees. So they're, they're kind of put them in the Animaniacs' the fault, dude. Dude, I, why not? The fucking Warner Discovery animated. They, they, you know what? Some of these guys should be locked away in the fucking vault after what now, I obviously, watched. Obviously, uh, in terms of wrestlers, right? A guy like NMJF, which it's kind of coming out that he has signed a long-term deal with AEW. Someone like Will Ospreay, where he just signed a new deal that it's like it hasn't even started, and now it's about to. And now there's news of. Oh, this th- this place you signed up for, you might not even get TV. Yeah, you might be a part of something. I mean, d- does that affect a contract where someone could now back out of a contract? Or typically, no, right? Because they're just signed to a-, a wrestling company. So they're signed to the company, and the difference is, these guys are not paid the way wrestlers used to get paid. They used to get paid like, you know. You get a downside guarantee of 150 bucks a week, but if we use you on TV, you get paid more and you get paid on the house. Tony's contracts are essentially structured as almost a guaranteed contract where the minimum you're going to make is, let's say, $200,000 a year for a lot of these guys. And $200,000 is a lot of money as a as your starting as your starting base Ridiculous, and that you can yeah. make more. So. A lot of these guys are like, as long as I still get paid, I don't give a fuck. And this could be a repeat of WCW, where when they went under, AOL Time Warner had to pay out a shitload of money to a lot of wrestlers who just sat out for a couple of years because they're like, well, why do I need to go wrestle if I'm already getting a weekly check every week? That was redundant and stupid, weekly check every week. But, you know, whatever. It's whole thing is fucking stupid. But hey, I would love a weekly check every week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I get. <laughs> I would love the redundancy of that. <laughs> I, w- I would love a weekly check every week doing fucking wrestling stuff instead of like grown up adult job world. Nobody, nobody in my like adult job stops me in the middle of a contract negotiation. And they're like, "So what do you, what do you think of the young bucks?" Never happened. It's bullshit. <laughs> Why I like doing this show, man. This is like the this is the highlight of the fucking week. I love it. I, I feel um, for the bucks. I feel for everybody involved. Oh fuck the young bucks. No, I don't no. know, man. Why do you why do you feel for them? you? You give me your answer. Well, here's first, why I feel for them. One, there's brothers. So so, you know, one of them is probably innocent. Right. And the like just standing behind a brother. If no, there is Eric and Lyle, like, Eric and Lyle Menendez both pulled the fucking trigger. <laughs> is that true? 
And they both killed their parents. It wasn't like one and not the other. Yeah, but was it one had the gun? I mean, they passed back I, and forth. It was two guns. Dude, I don't know. We'll get Ed Larson on. He can fucking tell they us like all Laverne about. They like Laverne and Shirley, the gun down the street. They like skipped together with a with a shotgun. Um, okay. <laughs> my, by the way, my like idiot brain has to point out uh, Laverne and Shirley weren't sisters. They. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. But they did skip down the street, and that was the visual I was looking for, was the holding of the hands with a shotgun. Also, Laverne, also, Laverne and Shirley more physically imposing than Matt and Nick Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was the two guys? The we the weasel guy? Come on. Lenny and... Lenny and Squiggy. Lenny and Squiggy. There you go. They, How they were you like... Bulk and Skull. 80 years know? old. I they love were like Bulk. Bulk yeah. And, yeah. Well, no. Bulk and Skull are Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Don't. Don't. We'll get it's there. Okay. We'll get there. I, th- I think you this is why You I can't teach that. This is why I do feel bad for the Bucks. Because... There is no doubt in my mind that that company was started because of four four professional wrestlers, and they are two of them. Cody and Kenny are the other two. Um, and yes, I know it's all of Tony's money, but what I mean is Tony went to them. There would be no fan base for a Tony Khan. The fan base was for these four guys and the potential opponents for those four guys, right? Um, and it just it seems like it has strayed so far from that. And and I guess I just I, I feel bad because it's like for this to blow up in their face where it's like they've gotten so many people jobs. They've gotten so many people work. There are so many people on their side. And I don't think it's because they're bad people. I think it's because um, this is a uh, a complicated situation where both sides have obviously been stubborn. No, they're 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 bad people. okay okay maybe maybe maybe. here's the deal dude here's the deal at the very least all i know is what it seems like right now is let's pretend the company falls and this wb thing is true right um they started something that benefited all of pro wrestling wwe is so good right now because of AEW. um you have your two wrestlemania main events night one and two uh, because of AEW. cm punk is because of AEW, and cody rhodes success is because of AEW. Um, that's just fact. It, it stinks that because of what happened with CM Punk and the Bucks, it looks like the Bucks reputation to many people is that they ruined a piece of wrestling when in fact they have really made it what it is, which is just a bummer. I don't know. Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? (laughs) The Bucks. No, so the problem with the Bucks were, yeah, when this originally started, it was Cody, Kenny, the Bucks, and Hangman doing a one-off event and trying to, you know, do do all it and use Tony Khan as their money mark because they couldn't get a hold of Conrad Thompson. So I get it. Like let's let's leverage this fucking nerd with all of his money and let him get us on TV and let him get us rings and camera crew and whatever, and we'll put on a great fucking wrestling show. And as things expanded and you realize this needs adults to run it, the Bucks and Cody and Kenny and all them didn't want to give up their control. And then they started just kind of infighting with each other. So, yeah, there's two great WrestleMania main events because AEW couldn't handle Cody and AEW couldn't handle CM Punk. So that that that's part of where this frustration is because it comes down to the Bucks. The Bucks are why in a large reason why Cody is not there. 
They had two different visions of what wrestling was, and they were constantly arguing over it. And Tony sided with the Bucks. And Cody was like, you know what, guys? Thanks. I'm just going to go make a shitload of money over here and not have to be an EVP hearing about why Evil Uno was mad about how he's being booked. And Punk, we know what happened with Punk. But the Bucks now, rather than saying, all right, let's figure out how to make this work, are on this like hiatus, sabbatical, whatever the fuck it is, and supposedly going to come back with Brandon Cutler and Colt Cabana to lean into the you know CM Punk hate, which you're playing to such a small percentage of your audience that gives a shit about that versus people who just want to watch a wrestling show and enjoy the fuck out of the content on TV. Well, also you can't, I mean, and they have to, they have to bail on any CM Punk hate uh, because they cannot hate on him when he is going to be knocking it out of the park uh, with certain promos and storylines moving forward. Uh, And, you know, the ratings are going to prove it. Uh, Intrigue has already like shown, right? This is why the whole Warner Brothers gate has opened. Yes. Oh, wow. CM Punk went to Raw. Look at that. Look at that rating. Look at the int- like. I mean, people actually give a shit. Did you see uh, that? I mean, his his merch numbers for just the one day return were six figures. So people are excited. Did you? I, I know. All right, may as well get. To I watched the raw promo. Yeah, let's go to the raw. Yeah, I was promo. gonna say. I know that. I know you, and I know Dan and Mike. Like, are are all angry about it? But Punk. So we for those of you who, who are Patreon subscribers, Scott and I were joined by Mike over the weekend, and we talked about his SmackDown promo, which was an excellent promo. Uh, he then was on Raw on Monday night where he picked which show he was going to be on, which is Monday Night Raw. And then he was confronted by Seth Rollins, where Rollins did his own version of the Hangman Adam Page promo, and I hate you. And we got... Uh, tease for what our basically our WrestleMania main event is going to be because Punk is going to be in the Rumble, Cody's going to be in the Rumble, and we're not going to get uh, Seth Rollins and CM Punk at at any time before that. But they set up this feud. They basically set up the uh, the feud that we should have gotten with the Young Bucks and Punk or Jack Perry and Punk. Instead, we're getting it with Seth and Punk. I thought it worked. You hated the fact that like he hugged Adam Pierce and he just kind of seems happy and you hate joy. No, no, no. I, I liked this promo. I thought, I mean, Punk didn't say shit in this. Uh, and so it was a Seth promo and I thought Seth knocked it out of the park. This was, yeah, everything he was supposed to say. I think we all agreed in the group chat that it was the first time in a long time that we got to see Seth be a person. And that's what the storyline needs to be is I, the man, Seth Rollins, um, needs to protect this company that I love so much because he has been more than anybody a, a WWE loyalist. And um, yeah, to a fault, he's embarrassed himself online sometimes when, uh, you know, when, when, Vince was, when, when charged, WWE was in the mud in terms of like creatively, it was beyond stagnant and he was, you know, standing behind all of it while it was very easy to make fun of it uh you know we jokingly said we talked about where the storyline could go what things could be said how he could say um i met my wife because of this company and punk could say the same thing and that they that they sent him his release papers on his wedding day like you could get into really awesome interesting things this did that and it did that uh what a month i mean 
the rumble is at the end of january so it's like two months before the rumble yeah uh four or five months before mania so yeah i'm I'm thrilled with all of it yeah i think the punk hugging and and all those things are extremely corny i i, I think he comes off extremely corny and then i think there'll be moments where he doesn't and and that's that'll be great well, he comes across corny because he's still a wrestling character on TV. It's not 100% shooting. It's not Phil Brooks doing whatever the hell he wants whenever he's on camera. He's got to play a character on TV, and the character on TV is guy who's happy to be back and working for a company run by grownups. At the same time, Seth Rollins is the guy going, how the fuck is this guy back? We saw what he did. I'm not just going to pretend like, all right, we're all happy you're here. You're a piece of shit and you don't belong anywhere near my ring. But if you are going to be in my ring, I'm going to embarrass the hell out of you. It takes the real world stuff and turns it into wrestling, which is what we all hoped would come out of that all out press conference. Sure. And Punk Punk and Kenny. Yeah. And the, and the punk character. And it'll always be like this. Randy Orton is the same way that when they are too babyface or too kind, you can always use the excuse later on looking back that they were lying anyway. That's why the promo wasn't that great. Like, you know, babyfaces cut bad promos. And so when you have a positive punk, um, when he finally does turn heel, because he will, you always get to look back and go, it's because Seth Rollins was right. He was being insincere. He was never home and he never meant it. And, uh, well, yeah. and, and I, he I just wants story. to get paid. Yeah, I mean, dude, look, by the end of next year, there is no doubt in my mind, if not this Seth Rollins program, um, potentially the Roman Reigns program, CM Punk is probably going to have feud of the year in 2024 because he can fucking do it. Yeah, as uh, long as he stays healthy. So, yeah, but, but that first Raw promo, pure ass. Yeah. It was, I, I know you want to say it was, it was, at least he was out there. I'm just kind of happy I got any version of him whatsoever on WWE programming. I didn't need it to be like knocking it out of the park right out of the gate. But I'm a homer in that regard. I'm just, I'm happy he's there and I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I knew it wasn't the end-all be-all for Punk. Um, speaking of end-all be-all, All Elite Wrestling aired a television program. Uh, when we are recording this, it was last evening. Uh, called Dynamite. It's a two-hour wrestling show that seems to exist in a bubble because I woke up this morning. Usually after Dynamite, I'll wake up to like 30, 40 text messages from you guys. I woke up to zero text messages from you guys. Uh, So I assumed, all right, nothing of any consequence happened on Dynamite. And then I watched it and literally fucking nothing happened on two hours of television from a company that is fighting for its life to keep its spot on TV. Uh, that is a great point. I, uh, I watched it. I think I enjoyed every single match. Um, yes. Some in a big way, but and, when and you that's, look back at the whole, it's, it was um, promos that should have happened week, weeks ago, promos that fell on their faces, re- Repetitive, repetitive promos and uh look i like the introduction of hangman in the in the possibility of the mjf devil feud and i think another thing that we need to realize is that all these people that the devil and his group have attacked also need to seek revenge on him uh so when the devil is revealed 
it's not just MJF who should be angry. It's Jay White and the the Bang Bang Club. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's Hangman. It's Joe. It's whoever they threw through a window a few weeks ago. Who was that again? Um, it was uh, the acclaimed. The acclaimed. Yeah, I mean, there should be a group of even more than six guys going after this devil group. Uh, but yeah, you're right. We still have no more leads than before who it could be. It's just getting a little more convoluted. And the tease that they're giving us is a result no one wants. And yeah, they're getting we'll- clearer and clearer with the tease, which is like, Look, I, I, we both, we both said we're not turning off the TV. But like, oh boy, if I was one too, I would turn off the TV for that because that is, it's just like it's embarrassing, it's corny. So and here's what, the thing what I'm saying is the the implication is that Jungle Boy might be the devil because over the last few months they have been using uh, glass spots, and last night the show ended with Hangman being put through a car window just like Jack Perry. Um, well, Jack Perry like flipped onto uh, Hook in, yeah. in the All In match, but he did the whole Crimea River real glass spot, which made Punk uh, go bye bye. So here's the thing: um, we're we're kind of part of ad free shows, so it's this is a, a slight plug, but a very muted plug. Uh, Jim Ross on his podcast uh, a week ago did Starcade '89. They, he recapped it with Comrade. I, I doubt, Scott, you've watched Starcade 89. But it was something that JR had pitched. And it was two separate tournaments. A, a tag tournament and a singles tournament. The tag tournament was a round-robin tournament. The singles tournament was not... A, was, I, I, it was something with points, whatever the fuck. It was all points. Similar to here. And it was all really solid matches to great matches with no storyline tied to them and the pay-per-view like died a horrible death. And Jim Ross on the podcast was saying, you know, this was, this was my idea. It was a bad idea. And now he's here in 2023 and Tony's literally doing the exact same thing. And we're all supposed to be like, Oh yeah, this is, this is great. The, the matches on dynamite were good to great, but it's all just for this tournament and it's just wrestling for the sake of wrestling. And a lot of fans, like I'll look at Mike, they want a storyline. They want something they can sink their teeth into. Otherwise it's just, I'm watching a sporting event, which you get with new Japan, but the American audience by and large, not tuning in as much for that. Yeah. I think a thing, um, you know, when you mentioned new Japan and their tournaments and a sporting event, Something that New Japan does really well is that they do present that that's a storyline with them within a match is like you you present the pain, you present what you're going through. The, uh, you know, the, the gruelingness of a tournament is supposed to show the yeah. effects on your body, the effects on your brain. You know, do you risk this because, you know, maybe tomorrow you could fight another day? Like they're, they're, they add complexity to it and, and they do it within the match. And there's like. um it's almost anxiety inducing by the end. And I feel like with this tournament, there's like three guys that are aware of that. Mm -hmm. And then everyone else is coming out to have their very good matches. But um, even like an Andrade who I think is knocking it out of the park in terms of, of the matches at the end of the match, he walks past the, uh, these three championships and one of them is covered and he points at the one, like he doesn't even, 
you can tell it's like, I don't know if I should point at all of them or just the one covered. Cause I don't know what the fuck I'm getting at the end of this. And, um, whereas like a Danielson, you, you believe it, you know, when Swerve loses to Hangman, you go, Oh boy, he, he snapped. Uh, but then there's the Jay lethals where it's, uh, I, I don't know. I think, again, you need every guy pulling their hair out. And if the guy don't have hair, he needs to be hang, banging his head against something uh, at this point in the tournament. And and, yeah. and I didn't see that last night, but I did see great matches. So Dynamite opens with Joe, and Joe's awesome. And he's basically overstating the obvious. He's like, last week, Max was laid out. There was a bottle next to him. So this must have been Hangman Page because I smell Stetson and Sadness. And then Hangman comes out and he's like, I'm not the devil. Roderick Strong and his goofy glasses and his fucking screaming that was over for one week and now he's driven into the ground. Points out how how obvious and stupid the storyline is by being like, it's obviously MJF. He was faking it last week. He's been faking it before. Everyone he's targeting are people he hates. This is all dumb. And then we get Roderick Strong versus Adam Page. Yeah, uh, I loved the Hangman Joe portion of this. Like I said earlier, when when everybody is looking at AEW critically, a character like Roderick Strong kind of falls on his face, and it, it doesn't come off funny. It just comes off like a fail. Uh, but then the match happened, and I, I loved the match. And it wasn't a tournament match, and it felt like a tournament match because they really busted their yes. ass. But it's, yeah. It was a tournament match, but also, why the fuck were these two wrestling? Uh, you know, I, I kept wondering that too, other than, you know, so Hangman can get jumped later. And so, because Roderick is also tied into the devil storyline since jump. Yeah, I guess. It just but yeah, no, there didn't feel like any reason, no. And then, yeah, the match was fine, except you're you're building this Roderick Strong is back from his neck injury. And then you have him lose to Hangman Page, despite the fact that the kingdom is doing everything they can. So why did I just invest any time in caring about Roddy as a heel when he's just a dude that gets beat? For sure. And well, and I definitely I think it means that these guys can't be a part of the devil's group. Uh, I know they've hinted at it a bunch, but yeah, they're like two comedy all the way. And so, yeah. Again, yeah, they're not even getting victories within their their heelness. It, it, it's incapable. If you're heels and you're cheating and you still can't win, uh, you're you're not like a viable um, faction or group. Right there, there could have been a lot of different easier ways out of this. It, it becomes dark order business. You know, it's just yes. okay. Uh, yeah, you. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, you're just dark order. Uh, we got the Brody King Andrade tournament match from the Blue Group, which we hadn't seen before. And the strange thing was, the match I thought was a really solid match, good outing for both guys. All of the rumor and innuendo for for Andrade is he wants to go to CML. He's going to go. He is going to go to CMLL. His contract is coming up, and he's like almost definitely going to WWE. Why put him over Brody King? And why have the announcers talk about how great a shape Andrade is? He's never looked better. He's a he's a one in a million athlete and a real star. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things. One, maybe, maybe he's not leaving. Um, I know the CMLL relationship 
means that he's no longer at all involved with AAA, which right. means he gets to wrestle in New Japan. I think that's how that works. And because of that, this tournament does you know mean that he could wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom or in the future wrestle in New Japan, which is maybe something a, a guy like him would want to do. But then you just think WWE is so hot right now. Your wife is in WWE. Uh, obviously, your wife's in WWE, and Triple H thinks you're awesome. So oh, Triple H loves you. I mean, you're one of those NXT Andrade. guys that he loved. Yeah, it's it's a little weird, but well, unless yeah. you know, again, it's just this this good faith moment in Tony where look at everybody in in WWE that went over. Are in WWE that was from AEW and how they're being treated like so perfectly and almost delicate, delicately, right? Um, and even the way they sent Edge off when it seemed like, oh yeah, he's maybe going to go to AEW, and they gave him like a, a beautiful, beautiful retirement. Uh, so maybe it's just Tony going, "This is how we have to do business because obviously guys are going to go over there, and we need to show good faith uh, that we're not just going to bury you if you decide to leave." And that you can always come back. Because he's going to need a lot him, of but... you can always come back, man. He can't burn bridges. Yeah. Remember all that shit yeah, he used to talk? That that poor yes. female wrestler he talked shit about? That's when I was like, oh, you're toast, dude. So, what was I her get... name? I, 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 but, but, like, I don't know. She, 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 she left the company and immediately he was just like, you're not, you weren't a good wrestler. And this and that. He was just like shitting on her on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't. Was it Big Swole? Yeah, yeah. Like Cedric's girlfriend or wife? Or? Cedric, yeah, something like that. Okay, it's his partner in one way. I don't know if they're married or not. Uh, okay, yeah. If not, put a ring on it, dude. Fuck you, waiting for. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's also weird because Brody is this big giant who wrestles like uh, Bruiser Brody in the past. He's impressive. He's now tan, so he looks even better. He's a guy that Andrade could have lost to. And still you could have gotten over the whole Andrade is a really talented performer because he has like six points. Or isn't there a thing for like a time limit draw or a double count at or something like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought that's what we were going to get in the main. I event. assume that was the finish we were getting needs. here. Um, the ne- Yeah, next I, up- I, I think Brody's looked other, you know, other than now Danielson has looked. All right. I think Brody's probably looked the best uh, on that end, on like the collision end of this tournament. And so, yeah, I, I was know. a little bummed that Andrade beat him because, yeah, you're right. I, I'm just under the impression he's out. And why not build around a guy like Brody? Until you remember, oh, wait, he, he's, he was a big fan of Punk, too. And, right, wasn't he the guy who people were like, hey, Brody might have broken his arm. He punched a wall or he broken his hand or something. Yeah. Yeah, after but- Punk all in and. Oh, so I maybe mean, I want to see all of House both want to leave, dude. Who the hell knows? Dude, I want to see all House of Black back in WWE. I think Brody and Buddy and Malachi are awesome. They and are. They're and, just like uh, non-existent. And Buddy is in a relationship with Rhea. You, you you have to just look of like the benefits of a person's life. And you go, yeah, those three for like ever since Alistair wanted to leave, he should have been allowed to leave. Contracts are dumb, man. You're not a fucking slave. Contracts are fantastic. It's the reason I have a job. But thank you. <laughs> if you want uh, and, out, and also you remember, and, out. and and Malachi, Alice, or whatever, like he's with Zelina Vega. Yeah, so yeah. It makes sense where they'd want to be elsewhere. Um, next up, this is another baffling thing. They were advertising we're in Dallas, and the Von Erichs were going to be on TV. And the only time they use them on Dynamite is in a backstage pre-tape with the Von Erichs and then Orange Cassidy down at Danhausen and Trent to set up 
the match that's going to take place on Rampage. And I get you want to use your 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 live TV to promote Rampage, but having the Von Erichs live in Dallas on TV would have felt a little bit more impactful than in the back because, bless his heart, Kevin Von Erich has negative charisma. I have had to produce this man before. That's what I was going to ask you. I'm unfamiliar with them. And in my head, I'm going, I've only seen pictures of them. Pictures of them by themselves, by the way. Let me remind you. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about the younger guys. Um, and um, and they looked good. And I'm like, oh, why wouldn't AEW sign these guys? They have the Von Erich's name and they're a tag team. And then I saw them in this promo with everybody. They were like, were they smaller than Danhausen? Like, was I seeing things? They were like, one of them is smaller. Yeah. So one of them's smaller. They they've been in MLW where MLW was using them in Texas to sell like, come see the Von Erichs for a couple like for the last couple of years. And the fact that WWE and AEW hadn't picked them up was kind of damning. And then you put Kevin on TV, and you don't let the boys talk. And Kevin's whole. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you about uh wrestling. Like he has no charisma. He was the one Von Eric that very strong in the ring, not the guy that you were like, man, I gotta go see Kevin Von Eric. But in the movie, he's Zach Efron because Kevin, spoiler alert, the only one still around. So yeah, he's gonna cast himself as the big star. <laughs> Did you see you didn't see the movie yet, right? No. Uh we actually had uh uh had Chavo on uh, rumor and innuendo this week talking about the movie but the movie doesn't come out till the 22nd and i asked rachel i'm like dude you want to go see iron claw before i even finish dubby she's like nope yeah i can't i can't play i'm sure it's going to be a very good movie but it's a that's a heavy watch that's a that's a tough one sure sure um also sucks they didn't get any golden globe nominations out of it so I think that was what something they were hoping for. Yeah, I guess I noticed they were like, you know, when something is doing really well, it's like pushed out and pushed out there and pushed out there. And I felt like at first we were getting that and then it started getting buried. And I was like, I thought they were just going to maybe push it back to next year is what I thought was going to happen and, and wait for award season next year. But it just seems like this is what we get. Yeah. Um I wish I could say Kevin Von Erich's promo was the worst promo on Dynamite. Yeah, me too, man. Damn. So Kenny Omega, who hasn't been on TV in a couple of weeks, comes out. And then Chris Jericho comes to the ring after the commercial. And they're talking about their tag match with uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill. And I started thinking, is Kenny drunk? Because I'm assuming Jericho's drunk, because Jericho's on TV and he's always drunk. Um, and I just also thought maybe Kenny only drinks Yoohoo. Like, I feel like he's the kind of grown man that would only drink chocolate milk. Yeah, I would assume he's sober, yeah. He seemed, like, they seemed totally fucking out of it. And then Ricky Starks and Big Bill come out there, and they start making jokes that made absolutely no sense. Partially because they just were not at all funny. Partially because they kept getting bleeped because Jericho forgot you can't say words like asshole on TV. And then it's Kenny pointing out, hey, Big Bill, you were in that stable called The Firm. That angle fucking sucked. By the way, I'm an executive vice president who works in this company. <laughs> um, I 
every time I'm out here, I get beat down all the time to the point where it's repetitive and has. Yeah. No why value. did he say that? That was so funny. And then he goes, and the way he delivered this one line, which it, it's such an important line. And he dragged ass on it. Is he's like, everyone's like, Oh, you shouldn't trust Chris Jericho. Yeah. I don't trust Chris Jericho. And then he just like kept yeah. moving forward. And it's like, there should be emphasis on that. You need to like slow this shit down, explain this better because that's a moment right there. You're in a tag team with a guy you don't trust, but you're going to move forward anyway. Like explain that. But he didn't, they just did awful jokes. Uh, in a way that you let like little kids who are learning to insult people like <laughs> just go back and forth, you know, you just sit there and go, okay, that's cute. And it's like, and, and he's then they got poo on him. He's a poo poo they, they kept bringing up Enzo. Yeah, and Enzo Enzo's is not better on the mic than all of them. Yeah. Like, he doesn't work for your company. He's yeah. never been a part of AEW. So if you're, if you'd have to remember and be like, Oh yeah, Big Bill was in WWE until he like went nuts and attacked Carmella and they had to fire him. But for a while he was in a better tag team with a better tag partner. It, it okay, was disjointed. And, 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 and then Jericho was like, You want to fight the Winnipeg Jets? He's like, Oh, I'm so the Golden Jet. He forgot his name. Their names are the Golden Jets. He called them the Winnipeg Jets. Called the Winnipeg Jets. And then when they 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 thought they were gonna start chanting Golden Jets and like 10 people chanted for it. Well, it was you know, so and, fucking embarrassing. And, whatever the one line because you know a few lines got over you know the kenny saying soft thing yeah the crowd chanted soft jericho said one line that kind of stuck and it's like okay leave it at that and then he said that let's come up with another name thing yes he said uh big billy starks which is not an insult you've just combined the names and it fell so flat that ricky had to say that it fell flat and then jericho had to say yeah it kind of did <laughs> no, nope, it was so fucking weird. It felt like a dress rehearsal. No, it just felt like a yeah. It felt like a shitty gig. Uh, that that you know, like as a stand up, you get and you go like, oh fuck, I didn't know it was this. I would have never agreed to this, but you just do it, and it's for like old people at a place at a you know, at the death I, zone, yes. and you're like, oh, I'm I'm supposed to make this work. It's, I'm, it's, I'm supposed to make so the dead zone feel lively. So uh, it's funny you say that awful. because. I saw, uh, I think I, I messaged you guys. I saw uh, Ed Larson over the weekend uh, perform, who I know is is friends with with Mike and Dan and spoke highly to you. And he was playing because he's from Boca Raton and and my wife is, knew him from high school. So she's like, oh, let's go see him perform. And I started seeing the crowd that was coming in to see this show. And it was a lot of old people. And it was a little disjointed. Like he did, he fucking knocked it out of the park and he was hilarious. But some of the shit he's joking about, these people are like in their like 60s and 70s, had no <laughs> clue what the hell was going on. And it kind of felt a little bit like this promo. Yeah, man. No, this uh, promo. I'm really excited was, for the match. Who do you, and, and, well, that's another thing you got to, uh, about this promo is they're two of your biggest stars, Kenny and Jericho, and they're eating a dick. Like they just, they just, botched on tv you know they had they they had a rough one it happens i'm not saying uh they're bad but they ate a dick on a week that that shouldn't have happened that like that whole locker room is looking for leaders and then you have two guys who not only do they not knock it out of the park but they look like none of them knew what the segment was really going to be uh the the fact that 
this feud has been stretched out for a few weeks and yet nothing has like they've stretched it out, but nothing's happened. They, they acknowledge the, you know, Oh, you jumped me right after the pay-per-view and then you guys attacked Kenny this weekend on collision. Um, but there's no fire under them. They're just sitting there like hanging out. Yeah. Hey, you they jumped us. You want a match, but you're doo-doo heads. We'll see you doo-doo heads. And then they like mess up the name of the pay-per-view. Just uh, just a fail. I mean, it was a Ric Flair promo without being perverts, you know? It was just, where am I? It was some of those Hall and Ash promos in WCW when they just knew they were on guaranteed contracts. They didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And what's even weirder is I hate that they're doing this. And I think Mike pointed this out in our, our group chat. They have to stop talking about what the boys in the back think. Like Starks is like, you know, everyone in the back is sick of you. It's like, I don't want to hear about real life politics on this show because every time you guys do real life politics it's it's just fucking embarrassing oh yeah no truly uh ruby soho took on riho with tony storm on commentary i like that when they cut to tony she was in black and white this match was just kind of there for me i don't i don't buy riho as a legitimate performer but maybe i'm just being mean yeah i was i was i was fine with this match uh, Wardlow video package that he's still coming after Max. And it looked like there was it, like a clip of him powerbombing Willie Mack, which must have happened on like Collision or Rampage or something. Yeah, that I think it was Collision. Cool. I think I remember that. I I didn't remember that actually happening. Uh, we got Roosh versus Jay Lethal. Again, this is why the tournament is kind of stupid. Like Jay Lethal's already out. So we're just kind of having a fun match to have a fun match. And it's challenging because Jay Lethal is in a group with Jarrett and Sanjay Dutt and the Sutnam Singh. So you would want there to be outside interference to at least make this kind of compelling. Instead, it's just a straight up one-on-one -on -one match that was good and Roosh won, but it's a match. It was like it was like a sporting contest, which is fine, but you know, who cared? The only little sliver of sports entertainment you got was after the match lethal was upset that he lost so maybe the catalyst here is going to be i gotta i gotta get my act together yeah another thing was roosh was so thrilled that he won i think roosh has done a great job the whole time of like focus in his eyes and fire under his ass uh he has made it feel like a tournament yeah, Roosh's root as much as it pains me to say it, he's doing he's doing well. And honestly, maybe uh, that's just him, right? He comes out, he like kicks guys in the face for real. He just makes it feel real, and he kind of rushes things in a way that, um, but not in a bad way. In a way that's like he's trying to get the cover quick, you know, like he wants the match over, even though it's an AW match, so it's going to go eighteen minutes anyway. There's exactly. like a sense of urgency, which is good shit. They do a uh, segment with Brian Danielson and Yuta where they're hyping up Blackpool Combat Club versus FTR and Mark Briscoe. I'm sorry, uh, that comes up after. Before that, um, we had a uh, Jay White versus Mark Briscoe match in the tournament that Briscoe, who's lost to everybody, loses again to, to Jay White. Solid match, but like, what did this guy do? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like, unless you're telling an uncomfortable story, you're kind of dropping the ball on what the story can be for, for Briscoe, which is something we're all invested in. Right. I think we all felt really bad last week when, 
he got emotional about his brother when uh, I think the WWE on Fox Twitter account posted yeah. like Bobby Lashley and, and someone else, you know, whatever that it was him in the street profits. They called him Dem boys, Dem boys, which it's like, I mean, I know that from like a rap song years ago, you know? Um, yes. Like we I, dem, we but, dem boys. But again, I, I understand a guy in, in mourning um, in the wrestling business, seeing something wrestling related, referencing a thing that him and his brothers are and, and getting hurt about it. But then it just like created a groundswell of, people that wanted to defend him, people that wanted to argue with him or argue with the people who wanted to defend him. Uh, that, yeah, it like left for a moment of, oh, maybe he could get a victory this week because we're all no, we're all seeing real pain from him uh, over the weekend. And we didn't get that. We got a Dem Boys chant. And then, because again, the match really wasn't anything but a tournament match and it could have been more because anything with Briscoe can feel like more. You get this uh, this preview for a match that's happening Friday, that is in honor of Jay Briscoe. That involves um, FTR and Mark Briscoe versus yeah. Claudio, Brian Danielson, and Wheeler. And uh, I mean, they are like basically making this out like this is a a Jay Briscoe tribute match, where they are going to hurt each other. I mean, you watch the promos, and unfortunately, the promos are only online and on their Twitter accounts. Um, where Dax posted something on his Twitter where, I mean, it seems like these guys are going to hurt themselves to honor their friend. And it is so frustrating that the way Tony promotes that, because again, Ring of Honor is his, and this final batter, battle pay-per-view is his, is to give you, you like a, a, a short little preview about it. But you don't see any of that within the Mark match or the Mark matches he's been having when you can do that. It's so strange that they aired this promo with Brian Danielson and Yuta hyping this match right after we just watched Mark Briscoe lose clean. Like the only thing I could think is it's it's um, Tony is and again, this is being really nice. Tony's waiting for the this tribute match coming Friday to be like the, the thing that lights the fire under Mark's ass. But Mark um, didn't seem to give a shit about losing like Jay Jay Lethal was upset. Yeah, Mark yeah. Briscoe was just kind of like he just rolled out of the ring. Like it wasn't like he he's not devastated by it. It's just he doesn't seem to give a fuck. It's weird. No, he, it's uh, it's a, it's it's an unfortunate unfortunate thing. Yeah. Main event: Swerve Strickland, John Moxley. Moxley gets the win because Swerve pays attention to New Japan, and the wear and tear on his shoulder made it tough for him to try to kick out at the end, and that was why he lost. And he looked in character, pissed that he lost to Moxley. And now it's like, I want to see what this guy does. Yeah, sure. It's it's what he does. And it's also, I you know, I assume Swerve is winning the tournament. I think everybody, or at the very least, wants him in the match that's at the pay-per-view. Uh, and the end result of this made it seem like that's maybe not going to happen. Like you're going to get Moxley uh, in that match. Um, yeah, I don't. Because Unless again, you wind the, up way, with the way the numbers and... work, it would be like, I, I I think you'd have to get like a triple threat match between like if um if Jay White wins next week and Moxley loses next week and Swerve wins next week, Swerve Moxley and Jay are tied, and then that but that's the final is 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 a three way tie on that side. So then I don't 
I mean, I don't know how you'd have to base it off of like, oh, well, this guy beat that guy already. So that guy beat that guy. So it would be not, I don't even, uh, it's just, you again, how much this could have been clearer skull. and it, it, it either could have been um, the moment where you a draw or where you just put swerve over because we're crazy about him. We love Moxley. Uh, I think a lot of people agree that he's like the guy who's had the back of the company through all of this shit. And so a lot of people go, oh, he's the face of the company. Well, the, the other unfortunate side of that is he's been the face of the company this whole time the company has been through like a tumultuous lame period. And so when I see him on the screen, yeah, I like him, but I don't want him to be the focus. I don't want him getting the major wins. I, yeah. I, I want fresh faces. I want like, I want hope in AEW, not, not the guy that's keeping the boat afloat, just a new boat, you know, swerve. <laughs> well, yeah. It, oh, build a company around fucking swerve. That's what they yeah. need to be doing. But instead our show ends with hangman getting jumped by the, the devil's associates and him getting put through the car to make people think, oh, maybe it's Jack Perry. Dude, I don't care about this devil storyline anymore. There's no good payoff. No, there's no there's no good payoff. There's never a good payoff for a thing like this. Uh, especially when you're a company that has debuts. Especially when one of your debuts was CM Punk. Like, you're not going to get any bigger than CM Punk. And CM Punk just appeared... Just debuted in the other company. If if that was if the only intrigue be, you had, by the way. Oh, absolutely. And and if you reveal it to be an enemy of Punk, like a like a Jack Perry, it, it's a huge fail because basically you're saying, hey, this storyline we've been focusing on is a storyline um, that hangs on the Punk drama. And I don't think you want that. You want a storyline that hangs on your ability to write a storyline. And so. So that's why I do think it needs to be Cole and Britt and their crew because it fits the storyline and anything else feels like a, a manipulation of um, of like an unfortunate situation. And, and, and it'll come off like a fail because you're not going to make more money off of this than CM Punk already is. And so you got to just ignore him, legitimately have Jungle Boy come back and like take your lumps, dude. Like you suck on the mic. That's the other thing. He's going to come back and be the devil and then bomb on the mic. It's like he just has to come back as Jungle Boy and uh, and just like start fresh. But there can't be any hints about CM Punk being being. Um, you know, the reason someone could be like this devilish character, which right. I, I think the Buck storyline is that, too. And so they just have to like rewrite a lot. Or stick this Brit landing, which is just fine. It's what we expected. And we go, OK, that makes sense. Cole's champion in 2024. That seems plausible. I agree. Um, strange things about this show. You had Max last week saying, I need to be out and cut 20 minute promos because when I'm not on, it's really boring. He was right. And <laughs> last week went off the air with that whole Christian Edge, Nick Wayne's mom thing. And then they don't appear on this week at all. There was like a quick video package and that was it. Yeah, no. Bummer. Weird that there was no follow-up on that. Good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, weird, weird episode of Dino. Like, th if this, if these guys really have their backs against the wall and there's a possibility that they're going to go away, they should be just pulling out bangers. And instead, we just got a bunch of decent tournament matches and some 
bad storytelling. Yeah, I think the stories kind of fell on their face a little bit last night. And and one of them, you know, that tag one in a major way. And so that's it, what you get out of it. You you get people kind of just laughing about a um a messy promo. Well, let's let's move on to slightly more positive stuff. What's your what's your high spot, low spot here, Scott? Oh gosh, what is my high spot? You know, it my, my I guess the my high spot is um the the attention NXT is getting the fact that CM Punk is down there and everybody's excited and there's like this this air of positivity around it. Um the Dragon Off storyline that ended the show, which is uh he was hurt. I know you're you're you don't like that type of injury storyline because it involved Ridge Holland, right? And Ridge in real life, I mean, I guess Biggie broke his neck with a involving a spot with Ridge, and now they did a, a neck injury spot with Ridge and Ilya on NXT. Um, here's why it's a high spot for me. <laughs> That's real pro wrestling, you know. It's uh, I dropped this man on his neck, and and now he's got to find another way to make money. You know, it's like, whoa, that's evil. Uh, and guys like like Dragonoff make wrestling feel real. And the storylines should reflect that in-ring work that he's capable of. And if NXT does even one more storyline like that, um, you have a show that can be taken seriously and not just a show people are kind of checking in on like, oh, well, how attractive are the new young talent they've signed? You know, it actually becomes something of like, Oh, we might see a dude get slapped in the face and turn red, uh, which we weren't getting from NXT. Yeah, it's funny because that my my uh, my low spot was the Ridge Holland thing. But did you say your low spot? <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Um. Yeah, my low spot is all this WB stuff. Just because you know, I I I think everybody wants uh, it's like a sky is falling type of situation, and and I don't think it's that serious. And so I guess that's my low spot that there's just like a, uh, and I know hell we spent the whole uh, the whole episode talking about it, but it is a low spot that it's like there's this negative cloud over AEW and there does not need to be. Well, like I said, my my low spot of the week was this uh, this Ridge Holland situation, just because I. Like I, I was critical of the Brian Danielson angle they did with the the orbital bone injury and the bleeding and all that. Ridge legitimately, whether it was his botch or whatever, broke Big E's neck, and it took the audience a long time to to kind of forgive him for that. Big E came out and said, "Like, look, accidents happen. What Ridge has been doing as part of the brawling brutes has helped rehab his image." And then you do an angle like this and people are like, oh, yeah, this dude's reckless as fuck and cost us a world champion. I, I don't like that. I don't like that it could have been real and then you're damning the guy or you're taking something real and playing it out. They're kind of doing a little bit with Nia Jax and Becky Lynch on Raw, bringing up the whole punch to the face thing. This just felt more egregious. I didn't love it. My high spot, uh, WWE was able to regain the rights for Jey Uso to use Yeet. I think oh, no it's... Shit. Yeah, he used it on Raw. It's a they fun... They paid that wrestler? They did whatever they need. Probably had him fucking killed, Scott. Who are we kidding? 
<laughs> this is like a TKO era. They could just hire somebody and have them wiped off the face of the earth. Uh, I like it because if I'm going to watch a wrestler who's going to just lean on a four-letter Y word, I want it to be a really talented guy like Jey Uso. Yeah. Not that I'm thinking of anybody else. Um, that's uh, that's all I got. Uh, what do you want to What do you want to plug, Scott? Oh, my other podcast, Out for Smokes, and uh, this this podcast, Patreon. Yes, this podcast, Patreon. We had a lot of fun with Mike talking about uh, about SmackDown and the uh, the the future of Punk. So, if you haven't listened to that yet, go go check it out. Uh, you can hear my my uh, or see my video podcast every day at noon Eastern called Rumor and Innuendo. It streams on the WWE Creative underscore ish Twitter account, or it's on YouTube, or you can download it wherever podcasts are. Uh, Scott and I are going to huddle up with the guys, and we're going to talk our end-of-the-year holiday party spectacular. Uh, but, uh, hey, until then, Scott, what do you want to say to the fine folks? Wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs>